also look at the guy look look at what Phil and Tiger are doing like this is like the been the greatest like couple of weeks of my life because I'm like girl it's like 2005 all over again and that was a good freaking year for me like I'm so pumped right now I'm like this is this is unbelievable I'd be like I don't care if not like half the tour wasn't born back then that's fine like we're coming back I told you shit's cyclical like this is awesome I'm not saying it's my turn but it's it's coming you know it's it's at least it's it's Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck, back for another podcast on The Knockdown. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. We appreciate your loyalty. Or maybe you're just bored, but we'll take it. Um, our guest this time is the incomparable Christina Kim. We've been pals going back to 2004 when I wrote a feature about Christina for Sports Illustrated that's probably the first big thing that's ever typed about this colorful character. Years ago, we collaborated on a book called Swinging From My Heels. It's a chronicle of a very turbulent season on the LPGA Tour for Christina. So without further ado, CK, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, thanks, Alan. It's awesome to be here. And uh, can we do that again? What the hell? Like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) But you you were like, I'm going to do this. And then you did it. But it was like you did it as you were going to do it. And I'm like... All right, let's do it again. We can keep that, though. It's fine. Let's keep it. All right. So the intro. Do, 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 do. Alan Shiflake Podcast. My guest is Christina Kim. Christina, thanks for doing this. (laughs) Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're already giggling. Yeah, life is great. Let's try and maintain a a professional decorum here. Yes, sir. It's not going to last. So I'm interested. You were going from here straight to the, the player meeting. You're in a leadership position on the LPGA. Are you like swole up with with power and authority? No. <laughs> like I I'm I'm here to represent the players and I'm here to liaise between what the players want, what they're, you know, happy about, not happy about and just relaying that back to other members of the board of directors and our staff and all of that stuff. I have I have no power. Like have you seen my driving stats? I have no power. So so everyone you're getting it on both sides. The players complain to you and then the tour people complain to you and you just have to take it. Is that um, I think, I don't, I mean, I, 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 so I voice my opinion and I let people know where I think, you know, where we're at and I try to talk to a lot of players, but I don't get people, people don't necessarily like complaining to me because I sit there and I'm like, yeah, but we could all be dead or yeah, but do you have any idea where we've come, how far we've gone? And, you know, are you understanding the fact that just because we live in the Amazon prime industry right now, where everything is like instant gratification, change happens and change happens slowly. And that's when it happens best. So calm your butt. This is a podcast. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, I know. But I still, like, I know Mike Wan's going to listen to this. <laughs> this. I'm like, calm your bleep. This is an alternate universe where there are no fines. There oh, are no sponsors. Just let, let it go. That sounds like an amazing universe to live in. It's my universe. It's not yours. Um, so... I mean, you're like an OG. You've been out here forever now. Right? I'm on my 16th year. I was thinking about it. Like, yeah, if I if I had a kid, the year that I turned, I, I first got my LPJ tour card, he, he would be driving this year. Like, that's, it's crazy. Like, I'm still at a point where I haven't come across um, an LPJ rookie. And I'm like, oh, you know, how old are you? And I'm, I haven't been on tour longer than they've been alive. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. That's like, you're like one year away from that. Yeah, no, I know that. But no, I'm one year away from like, those girls will be on Symmetra. Those girls will be on Symmetra. Eight, it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's actually kind of funny because I was talking, you know, it's like we, they talk about a lot of players that are talking about the next step in their career. And I, you know, I got my tour card when I was 18. So I was, you know, very young, but I was immersed in the time when like you made a legitimate career out of being a professional golfer. Now you've got players that are like, oh, I'm not going to be, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be here for 10 years and that's it. And I sit here and I'm like, what the hell else are you going to do? Like, you're not, you know, you're only expanding your mind so much on a golf course. Like, how are you going to take that into, you know, like the corporate world or anything like that? So I'm at a point right now where I feel like I'm at the halfway point of my career, which nice. is like, it's crazy. I love to hear that. But you do, that's the thing, you don't hear that anymore. And so I'm like, am I like... I feel like the I feel like the last dinosaur. Like 
I feel like a relic. I'm the only one on tour that wears metal spikes. Like it's like I, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like I, I feel like I should be like in a rocking chair, like sipping sweet tea and being like, y'all don't know what it's really like out here. The metal spikes give you so much more traction. Or are you just like being a contrarian? Um. I know the answer. You don't have to, that's, that, that, that answers no, I itself. Don't, I mean, I, I, I enjoy being a contrarian, but I don't go out of my way to do it. Like, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be like, I'm going to go steampunk and I'm only going to go to work riding a freaking unicycle because, you know, I want to fight against the man. You just um, described all of Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. With their monocles and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send a carrier pigeon. No, I, I get better traction and um, I actually feel like when I'm, um, on the putting greens, like as I'm walking and not dragging my feet because I know how to freaking walk. So ain't nobody going to come at me saying that, you know, metal spikes mess up the greens because I don't sit there doing like pirouettes or whatever. Um, I actually feel like I can get a sense of the moisture level of the greens. And I feel like that does help me, you know, like throughout the round, like I'll be like, oh, this is extra crunchy. Like, you know, the ball's going to release a little bit more. Um, or it could just be a load of bull crap. I don't know. <laughs> But as long as you think you have an advantage, then you actually have an advantage. Oh, I'm the most delusional human being on earth. Like, I live my life with such conviction of things that are probably so wrong, but I, I, will, I, will, I will walk straight into an inferno, and I'll be like, this is fine. Like, like what's a hill you've died on that you, afterwards you're like, that was kind of silly? Yeah. Um, you see, I'm, I'm a great manipulator of situations, so... I turn things around, like, and in my brain, like, if something doesn't pan out, like, it's gone. It never happened. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember a lot. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember a lot of stuff like that. No regrets. No. What are you, what are you going to do? Like, look at me. Like, what am I going to do? It's not like I'm a blonde hair, blue eyed, six foot tall guy. You know, I'm like the antithesis of that. Like, I can't change anything about this. So why am I going to sit here and be like, oh, I never should have, I shouldn't have texted that guy or I shouldn't have, you know let out that long string of expletives or this or that or whatever. Like, you can't do anything about the past. Plus, time is a man-made construct, so let, we're not even going to get into that. Oh, so how do you feel about the clocks just changing? Well, so I, let's see, I had poker night at my friend's house, um, Perrine Delacour, who also plays on the LPJ Tour. We did poker night there with a group of friends from our golf course. Shout out to Orange Tree Golf Club. <laughs> and we had way too many people there at one table, so we didn't finish up until about 1.30. Um, I get home, can't go to sleep. Go, go, I'm, like, texting my friends until, like, 3 in the morning. And actually 2 in the morning, but I looked and it was 3 because we – two. I don't know why they picked 2 o'clock. I don't I, – I like my 2 o'clock hour. And I was flying out the next morning, thought that I was flying out at 10.05, ended up being 10.50, woke up at 6, which was really 5 o'clock, so I had like two and a half hours of sleep. And I'm, I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, and now I went three hours backwards, but it's really only two hours, but they don't observe daylight savings here in Arizona. So yeah, time is a man-made construct, but I'm fine as I'm being set on fire. <laughs> I was trying to explain to my daughter how, how and why the clocks changed. She said, did, did the length of the day change? No. Did, are we orbiting around the earth differently? No. We went through this whole long list Doesn't of questions. Doesn't have something to do with like the mail system or something? Like it's, it's something it, arbitrary and like completely. It, I thought it was to give farmers an extra hour to harvest their crops in the spring, but I could have just made that up. Anyway. But there's still the same amount of time. But it completely melted her brain that humans can manipulate time. She said, so like they could pass a lot next year. They could move the clocks up, you know, three hours. I said, yeah, that could actually probably happen. In theory, yeah. And, and yeah. Anyway, it's, 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 it's too deep for this podcast. Just, yeah, it's too, it's too it, Like, look, I'm sweating. Anytime I think, I sweat. And now it's like my upper lip is going. And just. Luckily, this is a podcast. It's not a video. Yeah, so no. Only like, I can see that. Yeah. You can see my eyebrow, like, trailing over behind my ear as it's melting off. Yeah. The, you know, I've always wondered, like, what do you guys do for makeup in, this, in hot weather? Do you have a, is there a special line of LPGA makeup? You just don't sweat it all off? Well... Not that I'm trying to put on my LPG hat or anything, but we do have a couple of new sponsors that are, you know, within the Korean skincare and beauty industry that, um, you know, between leaders and um, Medio. Uh, we've got so we do have some new partnerships. That being said, that is what a good part of my off season is 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 done with. I will go onto the YouTube and I will go into a couple of like makeup tutorials and I will look at some people that I like and then I end up in a rabbit hole where someone's telling me how to like deep clean their dentures after like six hours and you have no idea how you ended up there. But like no, like I'll go out there and I'll go to Sephora and I'll put on I'll buy some makeup 
and I'll put it on and then I'll go and have a heavy day on the golf course and I'll see where my eyebrows end up. So <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's trial and error. It's trial and error. Yeah, and then you go to Thailand. You can't simulate Thailand or some ultra hot and humid place like that. Even Orlando doesn't compare. I mean, it can, but no, that's when you that's when you just scrub it in, you scrub it on, and then you just pray to God that you play really, really well at the beginning of the round. And then, um, yeah, no, it's just everyone just turns into like tomato face that, that when we're in that part of the world. But it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. So if my eyebrows are behind my ears, like, I'm going to rock it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of your entire thing in life, right? You just embrace who you are and let go of it all and have fun. But that's what I said. Like, I can't, like, I can't look like you. I'm like, I'm not going to have, you know, those beautiful green eyes and the, the flowing locks and be, like, six foot two. Like, no, that's stop, not stop me. Stop it some more. That, <laughs> that's not me. So, like, what you have to embrace who you are. What are you going to do, like... You know, sitting there and, and praying and hoping that you'll be different and you wake up the next day and you're like, no, I'm still the same lazy, fat sack of shit. Like, I'm, but I'm going to be the best sack of shit that I can be. You know, like, you have to love yourself. Like, the, I've, I've told people, like, and not in the sense of sounding cocky or arrogant. I am delusional. But I love myself so much because this is the only body I get. This is the only mind I get. Thank you, Jesus. That... Even if the rest of the world hated me, I would still have more love for myself than the entire world's hatred for me. Because what are you going to do? Like, you can't, you, you, you only have you. Like, How hard was it to get to that place of self-acceptance? Um, I am still self-loathing. But that's me, that's me hating me, and hate is a form of love. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, a lot of it, I think, is just how I was raised. Like, my dad was always... You know, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's like a staunch feminist because I don't know if this millennial crowd really, you know, the term feminism, feminism has kind of changed over the years, you know, and, and I think that there's, um, my dad, I would say is a staunch feminist because look at him, he raised, he raised me to be a strong, independent woman who don't need no man, don't need nobody to love who I am because I'm an amazing human being because of the way that I was raised and the, the experiences that I was presented with growing up. But no, my dad was always like, just like spread your wings and fly. Like don't spread your legs, but spread your wings and fly, you know, <laughs> like just embrace who you are and be the best that you can be. Like, it sounds like so cliche, but it's true. Like he said, be the best you that you can be. Cause you, you can't be anyone else. Like, I wish you, you know, I mean, I don't know if he never actually said this, but it's like, you know, you sit there and you're like, well, I wish I had a, you know, I wish I had three boys instead of two girls and a son or whatever. But right. you have, you are what you are and you can't be anything else. So why bother trying? So my dad was very influential in that. And growing up, like I always saw him, he was always, he's always the life of the party. Everybody loves man Kim. Like all the, all the guys at our club are always asking about him. And like, I've always wanted to emulate that because he was so comfortable within himself yeah. and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm delusional. So, I mean, I could be, I mean, I might be a nightmare, but I love me. <laughs> we love you, too. Oh, Alan. But it's unfair for female athletes because not only do you have to perform and you also have to, people want you to look a certain way. And if, if you do, then you're really celebrated and it becomes part of your whole brand, if you will. And, and, and have you ever felt that it just... There was too many, the eyes that were on you at a golf tournament where you couldn't just focus on the golf. It was thinking about the other stuff. Only when there's like a real, like if I, if I, if I see someone in the crowd and I'm like, I'm going to sign a ball and give them my phone number as well, which doesn't like, that doesn't, you know, like that's like so far, like back in like the old days. But no, honestly, I, it sounds, it may be difficult to really sort of, vocalize I don't give a shit what other people think like I sit there and I say I'm a good human being like obviously like like I do my makeup because I want to look good for myself like someone could look at look at me and be like yeah you know what smoky eyes don't really go with the whole monolid thing I'm like you know what you're allowed to have your opinion <laughs> that shit's wrong because it doesn't you know but you're allowed to have your own opinion I'll, I'll I'll respect that it doesn't mean I'll have to agree with it but no like I don't sit there and and, and think 
you know, oh, you know, if I did this, then, you know, maybe, like, I do stuff because it makes me feel good. I do stuff because it makes me happy. I do stuff because it's for the, the betterment of my world and my life. I don't do stuff because it's going to bring in money. I don't do stuff because it's going to attract a certain kind of person. Like, the people that I want to attract are going to be attracted to me. One, because I'm normally really in your face. I'm like, let's be friends. And secondly, because, like, that it's, it's who I am. It's not, you know, like, I don't know. I don't really, I actually had this conversation with my friends last week. We were talking about how like girls of within certain heights can't date guys within certain heights and the other way around, like a guy, you know, one of my guys was like, you know, I'd be cool dating a girl that was six feet tall, but she wouldn't be dating, she wouldn't be cool dating me if I'm 5'11". And I like, obviously I'm nowhere, you know, I can barely use the term five in terms of height, but like I sit there and I'm like, you know what? I've, I've gone out with guys that are shorter than me. I've gone out with guys that are taller than me. Like, it's not like, I don't care about things like that. Like, I, I, I think it's so like, I don't, like, again, I sound like a freaking, like, after school commercial or after school special, but it's like, I care, I really do care about what's on the inside. Or if you have, like, really pretty eyes or, like, a nice smile or something. If you got something going for you. I don't care, like, how far away from my face it is. You know what I mean? Like, I would never, you know, turn away a guy because he's six foot nine. I would never turn away a guy because he's five foot two, you know? And so it just, like, but then they're just, they go on and on. And I'm like, but what about what happens, like, inside of them and, like, in their brain before it comes out of their, like, front butt, you know? Like, <laughs> does that not matter? You know, I don't know if it's because I've become more intellectual, clearly, since I'm, like, so smart now. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not... I, I, I like pretty things, but it's not like, you know, people aren't going... I'm not going to be attracted to someone, you know, even in terms of, like, friendship or things like that just because they're good-looking, you know? I don't, I don't know. That was really profound and, and moving. But now I want to go back to what you said about signing golf balls and giving them to guys in the yeah, crowd. No, this was like years ago. This was years ago. I, I yeah. You pulled that move a few times? I have okay, so I pulled it a couple of times, but a lot of times I would do it when I'm overseas and I would have like a um a local number, you know, because like I, my phone, I would always unlock my iPhone, I would make sure I was not bound to any carrier, because I always joked I have a fear of commitment, but um boom tsh. And I was in Australia and I actually, there was a guy who was um, following our group and he had a cast on and he asked one of the other fellow players like, hey, can you sign my cast? And she was like, listen, buddy, I'm in the middle of a tournament, so maybe when I'm done. And I was like, damn. I like went up and I was like, how'd you, I was like, why are you in a cast? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't remember because I honestly didn't care much, but it was like, it was the right thing to say. And he was super cute. And so we got to talking a little bit and then like we finished around, I finished with the birdie and I signed, I signed the ball and I wrote down my local number and I tossed it to him. And I was like, hey, let's go get a pot sometime, which is like, it's certain parts of Australia, you would say pot, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a unit of measurement. Like it's smaller than a pint or pony or something. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I don't drink beer. Um, and then, so yeah, so we ended up going out and getting some pots. Like it was, it was fun. Like, you know, like it's, I don't, I, it's not like a thing, but you know, when you're young and you're fun and like, what's the worst that, that's, an, and that's another thing. I was talking to my friends cause we're going through this thing with like, you know, people liking people and things like that. And then she's like, you know, what do I do about, you know, she's got this guy that likes her, she's got a guy that she likes, and she's not sure where to go, and I'm like, does the guy, like, know that you like him? And she's like, well, like, I texted him, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? Did you text him, like, saying I like you, or did you text him, like, your boobies, or what? I don't know what that means. And she's like, no, we're just, like, having a conversation, and I'm like, okay, so you're just talking to a person, and not like we're talking in quotes, as in like that's what kids do instead of dating. I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand <laughs> the world anymore. But I, she, I was like, so why don't you tell him that you like him? And she's like, well, because what's the worst that can happen? If, if he is like high and chooses to not reciprocate, you're not gonna waste any more time. Like. Life is short, you know, like in the grand scheme of things. And if you want to like get all freaked out and think about the age of the universe now, it's forever expanding and the universe is actually cosmic latte beige. We mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. So why are you going to sit there and waste your time on anybody that doesn't want to like fully immerse themselves in you? And she still hasn't texted him. <laughs> 
But you made the, it was a good speech. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, but and that's why I'm like, I'm a little bit of a hedonist in that you know you do things that you enjoy as long as it doesn't like cause any harm to other people or whatever. But life is short. And that's why I don't live in regrets. Like, I don't wake up thinking, like, oh, my God, I can't. I, I do that when it comes to, like, what I used to wear. But fashion is cyclical, so I'm just praying to God. And we're starting to wear mom jeans again, so I'm like, there will come a time when the waistbands are going to be down, like, up above my boobies. And also, I've got gravity, so it's going there. The, the, the boobies are going the other way, so they're kind of going to meet sooner. Like, it's, it's, it's coming back. Golf sandals and spiky cheetah print hair are coming back. You were just a decade ahead of your time. Uh, yeah, or like four or five, because <laughs> it's probably not going to come back for a while. But again, it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. Agreed. And I had swag. I shouldn't have had swag. And you don't, you said pa that past tense, you, you're out of swag, or you're just saying? Oh, I'm that... saying in reference to that. Okay. I thought I, maybe you'd I... renounced your swag. No, I've always got swag. You know, because it's, I, I love myself. And so my universe is fantastic. Like, everything else could be, you know, like, there could be stuff going on that people are looking at me and thinking, like, you have no idea what's going on, but I'm happy. Like, I'm in a great place. I've got wonderful people surrounding me. I've got, you know, I'm, I, I Instagrammed. Is that like a grand? I Instaed? I did the Insta, whatever. I, I face something. Um, I posted something on social media. It's, it's, it's true. As cliche as it sounds, I'm living the dream, you know? And I don't ever plan on waking up because delusional people are awesome. Like, you know, as long as you're delusional and, like, positive for the right reasons. <laughs> and yet you have been candid in the past. I mean, you have struggled with, with depression mm -hmm. and some very, mm -hmm. you know, serious mental health issues. So is that an ongoing battle that you've, you've conquered or is that just something that, that is in your past truly? Um, I don't think anyone is ever so big as to conquer their mental illness. That being said, um, you know, I, I um, after, you know, like my, like, I don't even know what to call it. It's an attempt on an attempt on my life because it was, there's, it was never going to happen. Um, I don't think, um, you know, after everything that went down, you know, a few years ago, I had this conversation with my mom and she was like, you know, she wasn't like, you know, you have no idea what you're talking about because you don't want to know about what happened in my life kind of thing. But she just kind of laid it out for me and said, you know, I, she was like, I'm so sorry that this ever happened to you and that you ever felt this way and that you felt so lost and that you were always drowning. But, and then she like straight up laid out what it was like for her being an immigrant coming into the U.S. in the early 1980s with one kid on, uh, under her arm, one kid in her belly, and one kid that, you know, I was not even a thought at the time. Um, coming into a new country, you don't speak the language, and you're basically forced into you're you're forced into a completely different world and a completely different life. And you've got two young kids that you, you, you they rely on you like they're they're completely helpless. And so, you know, her telling me what her life was like, like it didn't like negate what I went through because it's it's you I you know what I went through is what I went through, but like it just made me realize how freaking amazing and strong my mother is and she had said there were days when I would just be crying on end and I could I felt like I couldn't do anything and then one day it just kind of hit she was like because she was just kind of observing the world and it's like no matter how you know even in the darkest night there's always a beautiful sunrise and like my brain just exploded at that and it was just like light came out of me and just the the amount of you know, because you can take that in any way, you know, you could say, you know, no matter how bad things are, like things are going to get better or, you know, no matter where you are, where you are, things will always shift and change is constant and change is always coming. But I kind of looked upon as and like looking at, you know, there's always a beautiful sunrise, there's always light coming in with light comes hope. And so now I've just been living this, you know, obviously delusional, like I said, but this life of just really being hopeful, you know, and um, it's, it's, it, it is kind of like, I'm not trying to like make light of everything that, that took place, but like when we go to do poker night, like on, on Saturdays at Sandrine's, like I sit there and I've got like ace three and I'm just waiting for the five to come as a kicker. And I get the straight, like, cause I sit there and I'm like, you gotta be hopeful. And like <laughs> everyone at the table has got like their head in their hands because they're like, the book says <laughs> that you, they're not even the same color. They're hardly even, like, they don't, they, they get so mad. And I'm like, like, this is my poker face. Like, it doesn't matter what cards I have. I'm always going to be, you know, like, I'm like, this is, you have to maintain hope. And they're like, 
God, you're an idiot. You know, as I walk away, like, and I'm like, sorry, I didn't, I, can you hand me those chips? I can't reach that far over. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 she, she really, really inspired me with her story and her journey. And again, it doesn't negate what happened to me or, 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 you know, make light of, you know, the fact that, you know, because what I went through is what I went through and what I felt is what I felt. And, you know, that's the only thing I can relate to because that is the only thing that's ever happened to me. But with her telling me her story, it just kind of like, I don't know, like it's something I'm always going to fight and I'm always going to battle. But because now, unlike back then, I do have that extra tool of knowing that I have such a strong, amazing woman that, I mean, my mom is the greatest human being on earth other, you know, along with my dad, but I didn't really truly know her entire story. So having the tool of having such an, an amazing support system, as well as having been through this, like even because I've gone through a couple of dark times recently, not, not nearly as dark, but difficult times. Like I sit there and I'm like, all right, you can ride it out. Like it's okay. Like things will be okay. Things will be great. At the end of the day, we're all going to be okay. You know, like you have a bad day on the golf course. It's like, you know, does it make you any worse or, you know, any better of a person? No, that is, it is what it is. Time is a man-made construct, so it doesn't exist anymore. And so I just feel like I'm better equipped to handle whatever life throws at me. And yet you play a, a sport that can just beat you down, I mean, daily. It can, absolutely. But because I'm hopeful, like, I will sit there and I will shank the shit out of a shot. And I'm like, I am going to have the sickest up and down ever. <laughs> There's two paces to work with. I'm going to make something crazy happen. Because you got to, you know, it, you got to have that hopefulness. And it's not arrogance. It's not being cocky. But it's just, it's, it's finding a way to always be excited. And, and that's one thing I love so much about golf is we're, like, it, and it's, it's a terrible thing to say. But it, you're always chasing the dragon. You're always chasing the dragon. And you're trying to find that perfect shot. And you get that one perfect shot, and you, and you, you try and make it repeatable. And it's just, it just sits there, and it just you know, puts, your, puts your teeth on the curb and jumps on the back of your head. Like, it's, it's amazing. You know? And just finding a way to like, relish in the challenge of it is, is something that I just get so like, jazzed up about. And so yeah, I'll have some horrific days out there. But that makes when you figure your stuff out like that much better. And again, I'm hopeful, I'm delusional, I'm positive, you know, like it's, it's again, it's not a matter of being arrogant or cocky, you know, cause I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you know, I've got this, but I'm like, dude, if I get this, like this shit would be amazing. You know, so it's, it's, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it, no, the challenge is, is, it's a great, golf is a great metaphor for life because you don't, you don't deserve anything. The only things you're guaranteed once you're born, the only thing you're guaranteed is death. You know, and golf's the same way. You don't deserve anything. You're going to get a crappy draw. You're probably going to get a crappy draw like five weeks straight. That's life. Like, nothing's easy. Nothing worth getting is easy. As like, again, I'm just so full. I feel so old. I feel like I'm just full of, like, all these, like, old cliches and, like, lines that I heard when I was 11 years old, and now I'm utilizing them. But it's cool. It is cool. Yeah. So... If you're only halfway through your career, what do you hope to accomplish going forward? You have you have four career victories. You've played on some Solheim Cup teams. I mean, it's been three and zero in singles. Three and zero in singles. No. I mean, it's been it's been a good career, maybe a very good career. But what would it take for you to to be satisfied? As long as I am able to step away, because for me, victories are amazing and. You know, especially like my last win in 2014 at the Lorraine Ocho, there's so much redemption and so much, you know, just you know, because earlier in that year, I didn't know if I was ever going to play again because I had an elbow injury that I'd been fighting for years that I, I couldn't even hold a pencil without being in pain. So, you know, it was it was so cathartic and just so it was such an amazing experience. But winning, I don't know if it's like, because I'm technically almost, I am technically born in the millennial era, which makes me so mad. I like to say I'm more the Oregon Trail generation, and I'm an exennial. Um, <laughs> but I think that, because because winning isn't everything. The older I get, winning really isn't everything. Because especially with something like golf, where it's so individual and so subjective, 
you know, because you can skank it around and shoot 66, or you can hit some of the best shots, and you can hit nothing but lip and shoot 71, and you're going to take away different things from that, you know? So I think, you know, wins, wins are phenomenal, and wins are important, but as long as at the end of the day I know that I gave my everything and there's nothing left in the tank, then I'll be satisfied. You know, because I'm a fighter. I'm someone that's going to, you know, I mean, I'm, a, I'm not, you know, I don't like go out there and punch people. But, you know, like I, I like, to, I'm a grinder. I like to like figure stuff out. And, and, you know, if I feel like there's nowhere left for me to go, then maybe it means it's time to step away. Or if I feel, feel like I have nothing left to give, then, you know, I'll feel I've, you know, fulfilled my fulfillment. Fulfill, fulfill, fulfill. But, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, number of majors are going to define my career. You know, number of, you know, sick up and down. I've had a couple. Like, those aren't going to define my career. It's just when I feel satisfied, then I know that I've done my part. You know, and as long as I leave the tour and the game of golf in a better place than when I arrived, then I'll know I've, that we're in a good place. And that's hard. That's really hard. I came in at a pretty freaking good time. Yeah, I mean, those were the Annika, Lorena years. I mean, you saw some stuff. Yeah, Beth Daniel, Meg Mallon. I mean, Julie Inkster is still out here because she is timeless and ageless and proof that time is a man-made construct. Rosie Jones, like, just this bulldog, Dottie Pepper. Like, it's, there were some unbelievable. And we had, like, you know, we had, like, 360cc driver heads, you know? We had golf balls that were, like, wound. We had, you know, you had to, like, spin it in a thing of water to figure out, you know, where the, the, the seam, something, 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 you know, we had the, we had the V grooves or the U grooves or whatever. I don't know what grooves we have now, but we had the other ones. Like it was a different world, you know, like we had shot shaping more important. We had shot shaping and we don't have that these days. Well, I know that you are very much a purist in how you think about the rules, equipment, everything. So is, is part of you kind of offended the way the game is played now? I wouldn't say offended, but it has definitely transformed, and it is very fitting in this um, participation trophy millennial age, I feel like, because again, I'm the Oregon Trail. Um, but, you know, it's just, uh, again, because of the, we look at where we were when I first got out on tour versus where we are now, humans were all about efficiency. We're all about getting, you know, as much done with as little effort as possible. Like we're, we're removing the artistry from a lot of things, you know, like they're removing art from schools. Like you'd, you, you, yeah, like you can sit there and your macaroni art might look like a piece of crap, but like you're still trying to explore and, and create something. Like it's, it's, you don't create stuff now. You think A plus B plus position A plus, you know, you get to the top and then you do this, you do that. That, then the ball will do what it's supposed to do. Not like, you know, let me try this. Like I had years where it was a lot of, let me try this, you know, and I still do that. Like in the practice rounds, like I, I had one shot earlier today where I was like, you know, my, my caddy gave me a number and I was like, okay, well, you know, we've got the elevation, we've got the dry air, the humidity factor. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to slice the crap out of this because this is way too much club. I don't want to go to the bag and get the other one. Ball was below my feet, and I was like, let me try something. And he was like, I heard him just like audibly sigh, and I pulled it off, you know? like You just negated his entire existence with that <laughs> shot. No, no, but there are times, you know, like Phil will do that, you know, where he, he would give Bones his one, um, what was it? The he veto, gave, yeah. The one veto, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you know, you talk it out, you do this, you do that, and then you're like, you know what? This is what I'm feeling. At the end of the day, the player makes a decision. This is what I'm feeling, and this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, but I, I think that it's just so much of it is just so it's so technical between the equipment as well as where we are in our swings. Like, like one thing that I love about you know, like especially this off season, like I I've made some new friends and I've hung out with some new people, and like one of my new friends, he's got this like almost like a, you know, it's it's not identical to, but it's almost like a Ryan Moore kind of move where he takes it back. It's not like you know, you get the toe pointed up here and then you go up here. You know, like, he's got this, like, beautiful kind of, like, flowing loop in his swing. And I remember, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, that was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, because it's like you, you go up and down the range, you see all the same kids and they've got the basket in their hand and they're doing this and that, whatever. And I looked and I was like, it looks like he has a paintbrush in his hand. And then I looked and I was like, and that ball is so far away, I don't see it anymore. <laughs> I'm like, and that's, like, a beautiful, like, combination of like old school plus new school and I was like I really really appreciate that and I'm like that's freaking awesome like let's be friends you know like it's it's just I don't know it's it's just a weird 
I don't know. So I'm not offended by the way that the game is nowadays, but like shit used to be a lot tougher. That being said, I used to be so much longer when I was a kid. And what now I don't know. Technology. <laughs> I'm always an outlier. I'm the one, you know, I'm the one black sheep who's facing the wrong direction. Um, no, it's because, you know, ball speed went down, club head speed, club head speed went down, you know. Thanks, Trackman. Well, okay, but there's still a lot of ways to play the game. I mean, do you feel like you can still be relevant out here and you can still compete even if you're giving up 25 yards? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, um, I, uh, I was actually talking, you know, I, to a couple people recently and I was like, you know what? Like, I really don't give a damn if I've got kids that are, you know, as old as I was when I first got out on tour, like, cause I won, you know, like when I was second year on tour, I was 19. They can go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and win. That's fine. That's not going to stop me from trying to win my tournaments. Like, I don't care. Like if, you know, like I sit there and I'm like, just give it 15 years and see where your titties are. Like, you know, like gravity's real, but how are you going to take it from there? You know, what are you going to do from that? You're going to fall down, you know, because gravity, but then or how are you going to get back up? You know, age is just a number you know, to with it within certain parameters. Like once like, you know, like osteoarthritis sets in or something like that, or if I physically can't do it anymore, then obviously, like I said before, I'll step away. But I mean, I've got, you know, I mean, I've got the humor of a 12 year old boy. And I think that's helped me a lot in my career because it keeps me young, you know, and I'm positive and I'm not delusional and I'm happy and I try and bring joy and happiness to other people's lives. Like what, what is really like, you know, plus I'm Asian, so, like, my skin's pretty good. I don't have, like, a ton of, like, crow's feet or nothing like that, you know. So, you know, I feel like I'm stuck in a time capsule. So why the hell can't I win, you know? What, what, what is age but a number, you know? If, and also look at the guy. Look, look at what Phil and Tiger are doing. Like, this has, like, the, been the greatest, like, couple of weeks of my life because I'm like, girl, it's like 2005 all over again, and that was a good freaking year for me. Like, <laughs> I'm so pumped right now. I'm like, this is, this is unbelievable. And I'd be like, I don't care if not, like half the tour wasn't born back then. That's fine. Like, we're coming back. I told you shit's cyclical. Like, this is awesome. So it's your turn is what you're saying. I'm not saying it's my turn, but it's, it's coming. You know, it's, it's at least it's, it's a, you know, I don't know. It's, well, it's not to I mention, don't say turn. Not to mention Michelle. She's part of that. I, I mean. was, yeah, but Michelle's timeless. Michelle's timeless. Like, she's, she's, she's really not that different from when she first came out on the scene and busted out in 2006 versus versus now like it's she's just because she was so far ahead of everything when she was 13 years old and she's like still at that you know amazing top elite level like I think that she's yeah she's 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 timeless as well um but you know her redemption song has been unbelievable because you know she's been through like complete entire seasons of you know not winning or not playing well or whatever it is but and that just is further proof to show that we're never that far away from what we need to achieve than what we think we are we're really a lot closer than we think so um yeah it's been freaking awesome uh, you, you and michelle have been friends for a really long time so g give me a good story about her that people might not know I have so many good Michelle Wee stories. So freaking many. And you can't remember any of them right now. I mean, I remember all, I mean, yeah, but a lot of them, like, they involve, like, like, you know, like, we, we, we drove down to Miami Beach to go watch Steve Aoki in concert, and we were out drinking till three in the morning, and then I was throwing up every 45 minutes, and, like, I don't throw up that often, and, like, we just like, you know, we're staying in the in bed until like four in the afternoon. And then, you know, you've got like housekeeping, like banging on the door. And we're like, oh, my God, we got to check out. And then, oh, my God, we got to go back and drive back north. Oh, my God, the sun is still out. Like nothing. Like it's, you know, it's. it's when was this? This was, I don't know. When was this? 2011, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, but we've got tons and tons of stories. Like, you know, like one of our friends had a bachelorette party and, you know, part of, part of the bachelorette party, we didn't go to Vegas. We went to Austin, Texas. And, you know, instead of going to a, you know, um, uh, establishment where people choose to, you know, remove clothing in exchange for money, like we went to a shooting range instead. Like, you know, we did some, we did like, just like crazy stuff. Like it's, it's just, it's freaking awesome.
you know, like, ah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a great, also, I'm a terrible storyteller. Like, it's like, I sit there and, like, I say the story, and if it's in text form, it's like dot, 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 dot. And there's like, it, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so who are your other friends out here? Uh, well, um, Jane Park and I have known each other. I've known her for, I think, almost half her life, more than half her life. Uh, Marina Alex and I are really tight, Tiff Joe, um, Perrin Delacour and I, I've known her since she was 17. And, um, you know, we've gotten a lot closer in the last year. I'm really, I'm friendly with everybody. There are very few people that I don't like out here. So Give me the list of who you don't like. Um, oh, you're actually going to do it. I, I thought you would just blow me off. Um, there is one girl. I don't remember her name. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't because, like, if I find out that you're, like, a horrible person or you're an extremely slow player or you don't do things for the betterment of mankind, like, you no longer exist in my universe. Like, I've got her face in my head right now. Are those, um, are those, those are all comparable? Slow player is the same as being a bad human being? In the grand scheme of things, because we're all about... Well, yeah, because if you're sitting there, like, I, I actually, I pl actually the, this girl's not a bad human being, but she's, she is notoriously slow. I played with her in Australia a few weeks ago um, at an LET event, and she's a lovely, lovely girl, but is still very early in her career. So she's trying to figure stuff out. So I sit there, and I'm like, okay, i got to be a little bit patient because, you know, it can be overwhelming, you know? And, and she was from Russia, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know if she plays in yards and meters, if she has to convert it one way or the other, if she has to go from English into, like, Russian and back in her brain. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And everyone told me, like, you're going to have the worst day of your life because she's the slowest player on, per on earth. And she had this really weird move where, like, she would be posing and, like, following her shot. Her right foot never left the ground. It was like flat? Flat. The uh, entire, like, and I'm sitting here. That's and hard I, to do. And I'm like, you're a medical marvel. Like, what's going on? And she had like the face of a 16 year old, but like, I'm like, I don't know if you're 42 or whatever, you know? And, and, and like, she was like, I'm 24. And I was like, I would not have picked 24. Like, I don't know. I, I would have thought you were someone's mom or you were like 11. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, she was like, when I was little girl in Russia, I watched you on television on the LPGA. And I'm like, I gotta go. I can't be here. But then I was like, we have 14 more holes to play. Oh my God. And she's like, if you're ready, you can go. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? If we were, like, because I'm all for ready golf, and I'm all for, like, as long as you, like, announce it and say, hey, I'm going to go, like, you know, like, so-and-so is slow, so we're going to, you know, because I, I would call someone out. I'd be like, I'll go because she's taking forever. Like, yeah. that's, you know, not to be, like, mean, but it, if it's a fact that she's taking forever and she's the reason why we're behind, I'm going to make sure everyone's aware of that, and that's why I'm going to go. But if someone's telling me to go because that way they can process shots while I'm going, then I have a problem. I'm like, no, you can you can, you go. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, the, the concept. In, in other words, if you play out of turn, you're giving them information and an advantage? No, wait, we're, they're, no, yeah, I'm giving them an advantage because they're not necessarily going to play any faster. Yeah. So I'm trying to make up their time for them. And girl, that shit don't happen around me. Like, I have, I'm all for you only play when you get ready. However, it's like when they say curiosity killed the cat. And I don't remember what the rest of the thingy was, but something brought it back. I forget what the, the thing was. But, the, like, only play when you're ready. But get ready faster. Like, you know, like, I mean, that, it's just, that is the thing about slow play is it's incredibly selfish. It's so selfish. And that's why I say you're not a good person. <laughs> You know, like if someone's, it, like when I look at someone, like I, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and think that you're, you know, you're going to cause harm to anyone else. But, but you like, are causing harm to them on the golf course. Yes. Like it's, it's, I, and, and it's causing harm to the game itself, you know, because like we're talking, the way technology has gone, the way that, you know, with, um, you know, sports psychology, like I'm all for that, but that doesn't mean you have to take a lot of time to do it. But, you know, like you were saying, you know, like hashtag 9,000 yards, like that's not going to make it like. Girl, what girl? Who are we gonna play a nine thousand yard golf course in four hours and thirty eight minutes? No, that is so freaking far. I know. I so I I floated that proposal as to just to highlight how ridiculous golf. Of course. The situ the situation is because the go the equipment all of these things have made the courses so short. But to make them the con the right length, it would be absurd use of land and Correct. water and time. And Correct. We're just at this weird place where there is no solution. 
except maybe you're rolling back the ball, but that's going to, that's going to cause a lot of collateral damage too. So like, I think the, you know, 15 years ago when the solid core ball came out and driver has got to four sixty cc's, that was the time to act and the governing bodies didn't. And now we're still suffering, but yeah. that's a different podcast. Yeah, that is, that is a completely different podcast. So I could talk for hours about that. So as, as an old school purist, what are the other things that, that bother you? Um, this interests me. Um, things I don't appreciate because again, I was taught the, the rules of golf, one, the fact that nobody knows how to take a freaking drop and like I have to sit there and basically officiate and I'm like, it's a sprinkler head. You find the nearest point, you take a club length and then you just make sure you're not still being affected by said sprinkler head. Um, uh, but things that really irritate me is standing in someone's through line. Like for me, it's just a matter of respect and etiquette. You know, like if, if, if someone wants to tap out, then, you know, it's like you sometimes you'll straddle someone's line if you're going to tap out. You can straddle their through line too, you know, or... Yeah, it's going to take, if it's, a, if it's you know, if, if it's really, really hard to get to, then you, if you have to mark it, you have to mark it. But just, you know, just like, just stay out of my business um, when people, because again, like I wear, you know, I wear the, the Kangol slipped over backwards, so I don't have the baseball cap. Um, I don't have the same bill. So my peripheral vision, like I see what's going on around me. And so if someone's like mucking about, you know, like just within my peripheral vision and, you know, they got their finger up their butt and like another finger in their nose, not paying attention and like wiggling around, like for me, when it's, you know, in a tournament, when it's someone's time to go, basically when they pull their club, I try to avoid breathing. I try to avoid blinking. I, you know, if my caddy starts talking to me, I go, I get all Cesar Milan on them. I'm like, we don't talk when other people's trying to hit because that's the way I was taught. Also, there's nothing that's so important that it can't wait unless it's like you're standing on an ant, like a fire anthill. But I think that, so those are things that really bother me. Crinkling of plastic things, <laughs> drinking of water, zippers, like, and the thing is, I'm a fast player. Like, I'm going to get through my routine very, very quickly. You know, like if I get put on a clock because I'm in a group that's slow, you know, I don't do anything different because I really don't, because I'm not going to alter the way that I play just because someone else takes two minutes to read a putt. So like you'll go through the timesheet and it'll be like someone, you know, like they started running and they did this and then they did that. And it's like, you know, minus 42 on the whole, minus, you know, this, that. It's always like Christina Kim, minus 87. And I'm like, I did, like, Basically, after I hit my tee shot, I have an idea of what I'm going to hit as my approach. And I'll be doing numbers and thinking about stuff like before I get there and then get to my ball. And then I have an idea of what I'm going to hit. I double check numbers and then I pull the club and I go, you know, like I sit there and it's like, I'm like, I don't know if it's because people are waiting for the axis or for the axis of the, the earth to rotate just so, so that like the ball will fly a certain way toward the flag. But it's like, <laughs> like, ain't nobody got time for that, you know? I assume you approve of the new um, edict that, that caddies cannot line up their players. I've been a huge supporter of that for a long time. Is that, is that going to affect players out here? Like, do you think it's going to have? I think have... there's potential for it to, to affect players initially. But, like, I'm sorry. Last time I checked, we get money to play golf. If you don't know what square looks like, like, What? You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I was younger, well, I was I, my dad used to line me up when we were when we were on tour, and then I got a two-stroke penalty, and this was years ago. I still think that it was wrong, but at the end of the day, I still needed it. Um, and like since then, like I don't I don't get lined up. Like I'll have you know in a practice round, I'll just make sure someone tells me you know someone check. And I'm like the kind of person that says you know can you check my alignment, but only tell me after I hit, because. For me, I want to get in where I feel comfortable, and I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to hit the shot, see what, I, what how the shot reacts, and then get told afterwards, like, yeah, you were aimed at this spot. And they'd be like, okay, good, as opposed to being like, line me up to this spot, you know, because that doesn't, I feel like that doesn't necessarily teach you anything. You know, it's like you're closed, okay, so you got to open up your stance, and you look, and you're like, I don't feel comfortable. And then you got, and then you got the girl backing off, or you got the right. dude backing off, and you have to start all over again, and it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of not lining people up. Well, I thought it was bad for the LPGA in that you, you didn't see it on any other tour, really. So then it was kind of like... You saw it on the PGA Tour. Y'all don't look, okay? Just because well, y'all are men don't mean this kind of thing don't happen. Occasionally, yes. But it, not nearly the same amount. And But is it the same amount or is it the same people 
that are getting it done, and those are the ones that are constantly be shown on television because they're being lined up to their shots, and then they're hitting it super tight. And you know what I mean? Like, is it that many people? There's a decent number, but I would say it was more of an issue on the LPGA, and it just to me it was always a bad look. You have like usually a male caddy. It's like. Oh, th- this young woman can't like line herself up until she gets the approval from this, I'm a woman, this p- help me. from this paternal figure who has to tell her it's okay. Like, right? It was just it was a it was something about that dynamic that always bothered me. So I'm glad. But it's you going respect away. women clearly. So clearly, <laughs> yes. And I want you know, I want them to stand up for themselves you, and say, I don't need this guy to line me up. I can do it myself. And and that's the way I think. I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. I don't need nothing. I got me. I'm good. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna line myself up 45 degrees offline, I am going. I'm gonna line myself up with conviction, and I will line myself up wrong with conviction, and I will walk into into a house full of flames. But that's gonna be me. And that's on me. And that, but again, like that also is, it, it refers back to ownership and lack thereof, you know, because it's easy for someone to say, you know, um, okay, I like this putt inside left. And it's like, okay, well, I like inside left. And they're thinking, okay, she, her, her speed usually finishes, you know, 18 inches past the cup. So with that speed in mind, I like her to hit it inside left. And let's say she's trying to dye it in the hole, doesn't, re, you know, relay that to her caddy or, you, you know, a guy, whoever it is and misses the putt on the low side, lips out on the low side. And they could turn to you and glare at you and be like, I knew it was left edge. And it's like, you know, it, it's, 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 I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think that especially golfers, it's very easy to not take ownership. You know, like, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's because I'm old and I'm just like, you know, I've had the same thing happen over and over and over. And the only like, um, factor that was consistent with me so maybe it is me kind of thing but I um yeah I don't know I don't know I I think I don't know I own up to stuff I take you know that's noble it's all my fault (laughs) but I will say that with conviction all right let's end it with this so what is what is next for you Get, tell tell the listeners what to expect in 2018 and beyond from Christina Kim well time is a man-made construct so I don't even know I'm all about being here and now and present um I don't know like you'll see some laughter you'll see some you'll see some awesome shots because I'm swinging it really well um you know not to sound like I'm doing like a you know disgusting you know like shout out to sponsors and things like that. But I think people will be very, very impressed to see what PXG has got lined up for the future. They've got some unbelievable stuff. And um, I've been fortunate enough where I've been able to test a lot of it. I've put a lot of it in the bag. This is the first time that I've ever had 14 clubs from one manufacturer that I have willingly and like very, very excitedly put into the golf bag. Um, but no, you'll see some amazing shots. You know, it'd be awesome to hoist up some trophies. If not, like, that's okay too. Um, you're going you're gonna to see me walking into that inferno with conviction though. Anything that I do, I will be doing it with conviction. Um, and you, I don't know. I'll probably, do, I'll probably do some stupid shit. I don't know. <laughs> I look forward to that the most. <laughs> that's my jam, Alan. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. This was great fun. No, we need to do this more often, like hint, hint. Okay. It's a, <laughs> at least quarterly, maybe monthly. Maybe. Let's see. Let's All right. see. All and right. then I just like, will never answer your texts again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. This is not the end of the conversation. This is the beginning. This is, oh, I like that. Although time is a man-made construct. Yes, we've already covered that. <laughs> but our time is up. Oh, Alan. Thank you so much for having All me. Right. You're the best. It's a wrap. Thanks for doing this. Okay, well, this is Alan Shipnuck having polished off another lively podcast for The Knockdown. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and sticking it out to the bitter end. Uh, We appreciate your your loyalty, and we will uh, bring you more good podcasts soon here on Golf.com. So until then, signing off.